Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home <coughs> Insha'Allah just to continue from where we had left off in the last session The two top Muslim generals meet in the city of Busra Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an And Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah at that time Hazrat Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah was in his mid-fifties <coughs> Hazrat Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah was on his horse coming to the direction where Hazrat Khalid bin Walid was with his group of people and from a distance, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an recognized him. When he got close to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, he wanted to dismount from the horse, and Hazrat Khalid bin Walid stopped him. And this was out of izzat, this was out of honor, the status of Hazrat Abu Ubaidat ibn al Jarrah, and said to him that, Sit where you are, I am coming to you. Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah was the first one to greet Hazrat Khalid bin Walid Both of them shook hands, embraced each other And the first words that came out from the mouth of Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah Was, O oh, father of Sulaiman This was the kunniyat of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid And he said that, I have no hesitation in accepting you as my amir and in fact, I am happy that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq has made you and selected you as an overall Amir of the whole of the Muslim army in Syria. So I have no hesitation, no resentment, I accept you as my Amir. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an said to Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah, if it was not the hukam of Amir al-Mu'mineen Abu Bakr Siddiq, Khalid bin Walid would have never ever accepted a post above Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah. And he said to the people that one must not forget, though I have a lot of experience in military warfare, who is Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah? He is one from amongst Ashari Mubashara. The one who was given glad tidings in one majlis, one sitting of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And he reminded the people that Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah was a man who was extremely close to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The ulama have written that 
even in his mid-fifties. Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah was someone who was very, very handsome. Very handsome. He had striking features. He had a very long beard. And he would apply henna to his uh, beard as was the sunnah of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. Also that Abu Bakr Siddiq was very much in color going towards uh, the brown color henna, mehendi ka jo rang hota hai. This was also the tartib of Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah, slim but very handsome sahabi. The ulama have written that the reason for that is during the battle of Uhud, he was with Huzur alayhi salatu was salam and he did the khidmat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He was known as the son of the surgeon. His name is Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah. Jarrah is not the father. He was famously known as Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah, but the father of Hazrat Abu Ubaidah, his name was Hazrat Abdullah. But his nisbat was more famously known with his grandfather, who was a doctor, a surgeon, a very famous surgeon in Arabia. So he was known as Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah. In the Battle of Uhud, when the Kuffar were in full force to take revenge with the Muslims after the defeat in the Battle of Badr, the Meccans came in the ground close to the mountain of Uhud to take revenge with the Muslims. Wasallam had also received uh, severe injuries and, and blows at that time. There was one man who saw Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam and aliyazu billah he threw a stone in the direction of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that caused severe injury to the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and blood was oozing out from the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam cutting the upper part of the lip of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam looked at that man and said pointing to him that how can the pleasure of Allah be with a community that disrespects the Prophet of the time. How can the pleasure of Allah be with a community that disrespects the Prophet of the time? That was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. As the blood was oozing out from the upper parts of the lip of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Sahaba Kiram Ajma'in wa Ashik of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Without wasting time, Hazrat Malik bin Sinan came rushing close to Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam and he put his face close to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he cleaned the auspicious blood of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam uh, from the face of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam. The ulama have mentioned that all the blood that was flowing went into the mouth of Hazrat Malik bin Sinan. Because they knew that everything that comes out from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would mean an exemption from the fire of hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exemption from the fire of hell. They knew straight away. So imagine the blood of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam going into Hazrat Malik bin Sinan. These were incredible companions. They were people who were mukhlisin, totally mukhlisin. Their hearts were pure. When they said, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, they took everything literally. They could not understand kufr. 
I was reading an article that <coughs> when the British were ruling, I believe it was Sudan, uh, and in Sudan, once a, a Bedouin, a nomad, came to the city. Now, the nomads are all Muslims uh, and strong Muslims, and perhaps in the desert they've never seen kufr, they've never seen anything uh, or any community that would do shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he came to the city for the first time and he saw this strange man in front of him uh, in Sudan, an Englishman dressed up in a, a uniform. So in the Arabic language he said to the people that, Man hadha, who is this man? And the locals there in the city, obviously city life is different to the village life. And they said to him that, oh well he is a policeman. He says, a policeman wearing these clothes? He says, yes, he's a policeman uh, and he's not a Muslim. So he doesn't speak Arabic, he won't understand you. So he says, what do you mean he is not a Muslim? says that we mean that he does not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now for this Bedouin a nomad whose heart was so pure and clean this was so strange so strange that when someone said to him that he is not a Muslim he worships some other God than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala other than Allah he actually puked out and vomited just there this was his fitrah that how can someone worship someone else other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it was so unnatural for him it is like as if someone puts in front of you some impurity and says to you eat it up and how can you eat it it's impossible so for, for them kufr was something impure so he just took everything out from his stomach and he vomited there and he says what he's, he's not a Muslim he does not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what is meant by the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Kullu mawludin yuladu ala al-fitrah. Every child that is born is born upon the fitrah. Every child that is born is born upon the fitrah. That means they, the, the heart is naturally inclined, inclined towards worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is just one example of this Bedouin. Not affected by the city life. And Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam said, then the mahal, then his community, then his company changes him, and then he chooses to be someone else that is entirely up to him. So Hazrat Malik bin Sinan, subhanallah, cleaned the face of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam. Also at that time, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam was wearing a helmet, and the two links of the helmet had cut through the cheeks of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and went deep into the cheeks of Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam so it was a difficult moment there were as many as 10 companions at one time shielding Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and all 10 of them were made shaheed all 10 of them and this was the anger of the kuffar at that time. The target was Al-Iyazu Billah Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Hazrat Abu Dujana was covering Huzur Alaihi Salatu Wasallam in this manner. It is said that there were so many countless arrows that were shot from the back and that had given him severe injuries at the back. There were so many arrows that were 
that were on, on the body, on the backside of Hazrat Abu Dujana and with Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was Sa'ad bin Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala Huzur alayhi salatu was salam even whilst in that position with injury was giving arrows to Hazrat Sa'ad bin Waqqas and saying to him Irmi ya Sa'ad, Irmi, shoot, shoot or Sa'ad, shoot and that, that's, that's the translation of Irmi Fidaka abi wa ummi Fidaka abi wa ummi My mother and father be a ransom to you ya Sa'ad Imagine the, the status of Hazrat Sa'ad in Khas That Huzur alayhi salam is saying May my father and mother be a ransom to you Shoot ya Sa'ad bin Waqqas So the battle of Uhud again was an incredible, incredible scene between Ahle Haq and Ahle Batil. So Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah saw the two links into the cheeks of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam. He came, he tried to take it out with his fingers, but it was so deep inside. So he, he said to the, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, let me grip the links with my mouth. And in doing so, taking out the right link, one of the tooth, came out of Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn jarrah and pulling out the other link from the cheek of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam one other tooth came out from Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn jarrah Allah. now imagine if the two front teeth are not there but subhanallah this is the mu'jiza of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam the companions say that Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn jarrah once the two front teeth were out from the mouth his beauty had increased his beauty had increased this was the miracle and the mu'ajiza Allah Azim of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa otherwise yes Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa did have gap in between the two teeth and this was also a, a, a tradition in the Arabs that anyone who had a gap in between the the teeth was someone who was considered to be very handsome and very beautiful but the two front teeth to be out completely and to look handsome very very handsome even in his mid 50s Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn jarrah was very very handsome this was the barakat and the mu'ajiza of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam Hazrat Qatana radiallahu ta'ala was close to Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam from the enemy camp, someone shot an arrow and it hit Hazrat Katada in the eye where the socket is and the eye just came out and he was close to Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam he picked up that one eye in his hands and he came to Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam and he said to Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam Ya Rasulullah, this is the injury that I receive Absalallahu yeah. alayhi wa sallam looked at him Look at the miracles, the mu'ajiza Absalallahu alayhi wa sallam took the eye In the right hand And put it back into the socket of the eye Put it inside And Hazrat Qatada radiallahu ta'ala And says that my eyesight got even sharper Than what it was before Even sharper than what it was these were Sahabai Kiram Ajmain. Hazrat Talha radiallahu ta'ala and protecting Huzur alayhi salatu was salam. The hands got paralyzed. The hands got paralyzed. Even the young companions, the young companions, Hazrat Thumara and Hazrat Rafi' were two companions of Rasulullah, 15 years of age. 
both wanted to take part in the battle of Uhud Huzur alayhi salam looked at them and said no you are too young 15 years of age no you can't participate the father came and said to Huzur alayhi salam the father of Hazrat Rafa he said ya Rasulullah my son is young but he is an expert in shooting he's a, he's a brilliant shooter and we can do with my son Rafa with the Muslims Wasallam looked at the father and says okay if you say Rafa is a good shooter then let him come and join the Muslimin in the battle of Uhud when Rafa was given a position in the battle of Uhud his friend Hazrat Samara complained to Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa Ya Rasulullah he is 15, I am 15 and if we were both to wrestle each other I can throw Rafa on the ground and you have allowed him to participate in the battle and deprived me Wasallam looked at the josh, that zeal of fighting in Hazrat Samara and says okay let me see you wrestle let me see you wrestle and it was true that Hazrat Samara was a bit big and strong and he pushed Hazrat Rafa and he fell Wasallam says Rafa and Samara both of you joined the Muslimin in the battle of Uhud so that was an incredible fight. So this is where Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah radiyallahu ta'ala anz qurbani comes that he helped Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam in taking out the two links. It was in the battle of Uhud also if you remember that Hazrat Hamza radiyallahu ta'ala an was made shaheed. Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam has prayed, praised that area, that entire zone and said Jabalun Uhudun uh, that this mountain loves Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and I love this mountain and mountain of Uhud is part of Jannah this is the dua that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave to that part of the area and to the Muslimin also who were shaheed a lot of the shuhada in the battle of Uhud going back to Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah both of the, 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 the great Muslim generals meet Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah radiyallahu ta'ala an and he comes under the leadership of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu ta'ala an now the, the Romans were in the fort and the Muslims had laid a siege they tried two times to push the Muslim army at the back but they were not successful and with Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala and prepared and looking at them they had no choice but to surrender so the people of Busra the Romans surrendered to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala and Hazrat Khalid bin Walid gave information to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq of the situation and also sent one-fifth of the spoils of war to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala in Madinatul Munawwara no sooner did the Romans surrender in the area of Busra that a messenger came and gave information to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid that the Romans are going back in the area of Ajnadeen and in Ajnadeen they are regrouping to give the Muslim that final push and that final attack onslaught on the Muslims 90,000 Roman army in Ajnadeen was regrouping as a Khalid bin Walid without wasting time he said to the Muslims now from Busra I want you to go towards the direction of Ajnadeen as the Muslims marched towards Ajnadeen again 
Busra was a vital city in Syria. Ajnadin was also a very important area for the Muslims to, to take hold of. When the Muslims were marching, Allahu Akbar, if anyone saw them, it was not like uh, a military march going from one city to another city to fight the enemies. Muslimin, the Mujahideen were very, very simple. They had taken with them all their possessions, women, children, animals. It was more like a caravan march from one city to another city. No uniform, no helmets, even the weapons were very, very... Uh, nothing to boast of, simple swords, daggers, sticks. Muslims were there, women were there, and it was unique, subhanAllah. They, it, it was so independent that it did not have this fear that it might be cut off from uh, some base. There was no logistical base, no fear of food supply being cut off, no communication line, no nothing. In fact, they did not even know who was the commander and who was the one who is commanded. Simple people just moving from uh, Busra to Ajnadeen. And the scholars have said that this was the, the bravery of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. If Hazrat Khalid bin Walid wanted, he would have waited for the Romans to fight the Muslims in that area where it would suit the Muslims. But Hazrat Khalid bin Walid did not opt for that. He went straight into the main city, the stronghold of the Romans. And the ulama have said that if it was anyone else in the place of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, this decision would not have taken place. They would have waited for the Romans to come close to, to, to the back side of Syria, to the eastern side where the desert was. But Hazrat Khalid bin Walid went into the city in Ajnadin. When they got there, one mile ahead was the Roman camp. The ulama have said that it took two months for the Romans to make that area a suitable base for them and Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an with an army of 32,000 mujahideen it only took them seven days to settle down in that area no. so it was only a distance of one mile in Ajnadeen and 90,000 Roman soldiers in front of them Subhanallah al-Azim and Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an is positioning all the mujahideen everywhere. I have a translation of here what Hazrat Khalid bin Walid said to the mujahideen and what the Roman commander said to, to his people when all were standing in the sufuf in the lines. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid went round visiting the various units and he said, O oh Muslims, know that you have never seen an army of Rome as you see it now. If Allah defeats them by your hands, they shall never again stand against you. So be steadfast in the battle and defend your Iman. Beware of turning your backs on the enemy, for then punishment will be for then the punishment will be fire. Be watchful and steady in your ranks and do not attack until I give the order. This is what Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala and said to the Mujahideen. And now what does Captain Warden, Captain Warden, Warden, what does he say? He said, O oh Romans, he said, Caesar has placed his trust in you. Caesar has placed his trust in you. If you are defeated, you will never again be able to make a stand against the Arabs. 
and they shall conquer your land and ravish your women so be steadfast when you attack attack as one man do not disperse your efforts seek the help of the cross and remember that you are three to each one of them why because Hazrat, the Muslimin were only 32,000 and they were 90,000 as Hazrat Khalid bin Walid was setting everybody in position he made an announcement he said that my wish is I am looking for a brave scout, a soldier, a, a, re, a reconnaissance mission, isn't it? It is. I want one from you, amongst you, to go in the Roman camp and to spy and to see what they have prepared for the Muslimin. Subhanallah. And who volunteers for Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala and take one guess? Hazrat? Hazrat Zirar. Hazrat Zirar radiallahu ta'ala an was the right hand man of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and who is Hazrat Zirar? the one who fought without the top part of his shirt and when he would take his shirt out this was it, it was like Hazrat Jibreel Amin was with him yes. Allahu Akbar, nothing would stop this man so Hazrat Zirar straight away looked at Hazrat Khalid bin Walid give this mission to me now to go in the mouth of, a, of, of the lion and to come back 90,000 Romans there and to go in them and you have also Christian Arabs with the Romans Hazrat Zirar radiallahu ta'ala and opted and Hazrat Khalid bin Ali said if you wish you go Hazrat Zirar radiallahu ta'ala put on his simple clothes as a civilian and went towards uh, the Roman camp where the base was as Hazrat Zirar radiallahu ta'ala got close to where the Romans were someone saw from the Romans, Roman uh, army Hazrat Zirar and recognized him yeah. that he is the right hand man and very close to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and straight away the news circulated even before Hazrat Zirar could get into the camps and to see what they had prepared no time the, the commander had given instructions that 30 men on, uh, on, their, uh, on their horses were to chase Hazrat Zirar radiallahu ta'ala an and to capture him. When Hazrat Zirar noticed that 30 horsemen were coming in his direction, he knew that they know that he is from the Muslimin. Hazrat Zirar radiallahu ta'ala an turned back towards the Muslim camp. Hazrat Zirar was not going very fast. The pace of the horse, the strides were slow And as if he, was, he just wanted the 30 horsemen to come behind him And as they got closer to him Hazrat Khalid bin Walid would again then go a bit fast Accelerate and the horse would go quickly And as he got close to the Muslim camp And the 30 men were far away from their own camps To their surprise Hazrat Zirar all of a sudden just stopped in front of them Can you imagine 30 men and one Sahabi Hazrat Zirar They were so shocked that how can this man stop And he was such a skillful man Such a skillful man He was not running away from the 30 Roman soldiers This was his plan And with his horse What he did is that he wanted to take every single one of them one by one he wanted to take them on and he was successful in that 
the ulama have written that from 30 of the soldiers in he killed with his hands 19 of them 19 and as they got close to him he took off his shirt when he took off his shirt that is the time he started his fight and from the 30 19 men were taken out straight away when they saw that the bodies were just falling in front of them the rest of them just ran and went back and they went back to uh, the, the leader and said that if this is just one man of the Muslim who could take 19 men out how are we going to fight 32,000 of them yeah. <laughs> and all night it is like in the night, the, the soldiers were just talking and they were saying, oh, who was he? How was he? And they were saying, oh, he had his shirt out and this is how he looked. So be careful when you see him, you just don't want... And this was not even Khalid bin Walid. Imagine if Khalid bin Walid was a Saifullah, what would happen? And this was just Hazrat Zirar radiallahu ta'ala. Nineteen of them. The same policy was adopted by... Captain Warden, the Roman uh, uh, leader, and he also sent a spy uh, to to see what the Muslims were doing, and he was successful because he he was speak the the Arabs in uh, Syria could speak uh, Arabic Christians, so that Christian Arab went into the Muslim camp, spent one day and one night with the Muslims. Muslims did not realize that he is one from. Uh, the Romans to uh, an enemy and he came back and he gave information to, to the Romans what the Muslims had prepared so what did he have to say about the Muslims uh, it is written here he said that when the Christian Arab came to the Muslim camp spent a day and night with the Muslims and gathered all possible information the following day he slipped out and returned to Qubul Qar, who questioned him about the Muslims. Now this is what you have to hear my respected brothers. Just listen to this. translation He said that you want to fight these people. Let me tell you who these people are. These are Mujahideen. But how are they? They say by night they are like monks worshipping Allah. In the night they are like monks, Mujahideen monks worshipping Allah and in the day they are like warriors training if the son of their ruler were to commit theft they would cut off his hands and if he were to commit adultery they would stone him to death they establish righteousness amongst themselves if what you say be true said Qubul Khar it would be better to be in the belly of the earth than to meet such a people upon its surface. What is he saying? It is better to die than to fight these people. This is what the Quran says. Where will I see you? Where is that person? They say, oh he is in the office. What is he doing? He is eating, he is sleeping, he is resting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes sahabai kiram ajma'een that when you want to see them, what were they? postures like tarahum you would see them ruka'a they were in ruku sujjada in sajda yabtaguna fadlam min allahi wa ridwana this was the ibadah they would not waste time at all and subhanallah lazim so fear was already now instilled in their hearts and the next day the battle is to take place between the muslims and the people of ajnadeen 
the Romans inshallah ta'ala if Allah wills we will continue with that in the next session I would like to remind the brothers that inshallah next week Wednesday and Thursday in Masjid Umar we are fortunate that we have Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein with us uh, the grand Mufti of South Africa one of the leading Muftis of Jamiatul Mufti in South Africa very famous scholar you might have heard him uh, in Channel Islam International the radio station uh, Alhamdulillah this is a great opportunity if we have any questions we can ask Mufti Saab and Mufti Saab inshallah will answer all of our questions the first program is on a Wednesday after Isha Salat Isha is at 10 past 9 the topic is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the embodiment of mercy Uzur alayhi salatu wa salam is rahmatulil alameen then the next day Thursday again after Isha signs of Qiyamah this is the topic given to Mufti Saab in the morning Thursday morning Gyarabajay mothers and sisters will have a program in Masjid Umar at 11 o'clock so please alhamdulillah we have a few days with us I will kindly request all the brothers to inform others also that, so that they can benefit from Mufti Saab's presence in the UK. We are fortunate that uh, he is going to be for a few days in London and he has accepted the invitation of Leicester and in Leicester all the programs are in Masjid Umar and then from Leicester he'll be going to Glasgow and Glasgow he will be returning back to South Africa. Alhamdulillah, a good خوب فائدہ اٹھائیں انشاءاللہ بہت فائدہ ہوگا اللہم صلی علی سیدنا و نبینا و مولانا محمد النبی الامی وعلى آلہ وسلم تسلیما اللہم تقبل منا و تب علینا انکا انت تواب الرحیم اللہم عیننا لذکرک و شکرک و حسن عبادتک نستغفرک و نتوب الیک نستغفرک و نتوب الیک سبحان اللہ و بحمده سبحان اللہ لزیم حسبن اللہ و نعم الوکیل حسبن اللہ و نعم الوکیل سمعنا و اطانا غفرانک ربنا و الیک المصیر برحمتک یا ارحم الرحیم